This is real talk. Real talk radio. This is real talk. High praise ministries presents real talk. Real talk. This is real talk. Real talk radio. This is real talk. High praise ministries presents real talk. Real talk. <laughs> Welcome to yet another edition of Hot Praise Ministries Presents Real Talk. As always, I am your host, Jesse Jones, back together again, the crew's back, y'all, with our executive producer, the wonderful, the vivacious, the mm, mm, chocolate city good, getting ready to teach Bible study on Thursday, y'all. She is the executive producer of Hot Praise Ministries Presents Real Talk. She is the queen. Falanda. Say hello to the people, baby. Hi, family. Amen. Amen. I know y'all missed that. Hi, family. Next time she ain't here, I'm going to do that just for y'all. Just like that. Hi, family. <laughs> <laughs> Want to give a quick shout out, as I always do, to my boy, Mike Gibbs. Uh, he is the man behind the jingle, the beat for the jingle for Real Talk. He is my brother. He's good peoples. He is a master producer. He knows what he's doing behind that board. If you need, if you ever need to hit to get a beat to get your career off the ground, or you want a new sound, or you want something spectacular for your project, hit him up. He could be, he could be, he, he, he's very reasonable. He's very timely. He's the man. Hit me up at. Oh man, I forgot what our, our email address is. So for right now, because I really can't think of it off the top of my head, I know it's something. I think it's Real Talk HPM at Gmail. I think that's what it is. But I'll be on the safe side. Go to the high praise. Excuse me. Go to the real talk Facebook page. I'm I'm all kinds of screwed up right now, and you'll hear why in a second. But go to the real talk Facebook page. Hit me up, and I'll put you in contact with them. Also, want to give a shout out to our friend, our brother. He is the vocals behind the jingle. He is Minister Rashawn Trust. He is my boy. He's good peoples. He is the praise and worship leader. Excuse me, the mastermind and the the lead singer, the the overhead, he ain't gonna like me saying none of that. Of mm-hmm. uh, LIGP, he and his group, uh, they are are working on. For what I understand, it's a new album co- to come out Ooh, this year. Exciting, yeah. Inside information, yeah, boy. Um, so hit me up if you ever want to book him for something. I'll put you in contact with him. He is a phenomenal brother with a, with an awesome vocals. He did that on the fly, just on a whim because it hit him to do. Also, feel free. To hit me up if you need some graphics done. Because I want to give a shout out to my boy and my brother. The man who has known me longer than anybody whose last name is not Jones. And didn't grow up at 125 Spring Street. He is my boy Russell Worthy. He is the graphics design artist behind 90% of the high praise ministry stuff you see. Including the Real Talk logo. We have our shirts out on Zazzle.com. Backslash D-A underscore R-E-V. That's Zazzle.com backslash da underscore rev as a matter of fact i'm wearing one of the shirts from our collection right now it says please don't include me in your ignorance it's one of the things that i used to love to say 
Haven't said it in a while. Now I don't have to say it. I just point to my shirt. And I actually did that today at work. Oh, uh-huh. it oh it really did. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, all the shout outs have been given. Whew. Um, so, today we're going to have a... I'm, I'm glad my wife decided to be on today because... I don't want to make this too depressing. She got on me, y'all. She talked about the first podcast of the year. It was super depressing. And I sounded like somebody had killed my dog and threw my baby out the window and chopped off my stuff and everything. (laughs) I was writing a country western song. It was fine. So I'm hoping that that today's isn't it. But I'm going to be honest, today's a tough one. I really wasn't going to do this topic or, or talk about this situation like this i really wasn't at all um but it kept pressing me kept pressing me anybody who knows me knows when something presses me hard enough i just got to go ahead and release it um and so i'm I'm not i'm going to talk we're going to talk directly about it but also in a broad sense because more the broad sense that really kind of pressed me um as all of you know and in case uh, you're hearing this years later, uh, on Sunday, I believe that was what, Jan- the 24th? Uh, You're supposed to have my back already. Yeah, no, the 26th. 26th, okay. On Sunday, January 26th, um, we lost a great one. We lost a goat. We lost a legend uh, in the person of one Kobe Bean Bryant. Yes, Bean is his real middle name. Um, we lost him. He, well, we didn't lose him. He died. I really hate the statement lost him because it sounds like they, they somewhere in the, in your couch cushions and you can find if you just look hard enough. Um, he perished in a helicopter accident, uh, sometime early Sunday morning, California time, West coast time around 10 o'clock California time, which was about two o'clock Eastern time. Um, he and his middle daughter, Gianna, affectionately known as Gigi, uh, they perished along with seven others, and they have not, that I know of, released the names like yeah. that. I've seen pictures. Oh, they have. Mm-hmm. Do you know all the names? Because uh, I, okay. Well, um, if you're looking them up, let me know when you get them, because I, I would like to pay respects to them as well. Um, but they all perished. It was two. Uh, I know there was a, a, a husband and wife with their daughter. Who was also on the helicopter, um, the pilot, another young man, everybody on that helicopter, totaling nine passengers, uh, or totaling nine people, I should say, perished in this helicopter accident. And it has hit harder than any other legend dying since Michael Jackson. I'm going to them all up. Okay, let's see if I can read this right. Okay. So, along with Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna, uh, we have John Altabelli and his wife. I pray I didn't screw their name up. And his wife, Carrie, uh, and their daughter, Alyssa. Uh, another mother and daughter, Sarah and Peyton Chester. And coach, Christina Mauser. Along with the pilot, oh God, I'm gonna screw his name up. I am so sorry to the family. Ara Zobanyan, Z O B A Y A N. Uh, those nine total people 
perished in this helicopter accident. Um, and the focus, and a lot of people will be upset because the focus has been and will continue to be on Kobe Bryant and his daughter because there's this ideology that all life is equal. All life has the same importance. And being that this is real talk, I can talk to you honestly and tell you the truth. That's not true. All life does not have equal value. All life matters. But all life doesn't matter the same. And so the reason that Kobe, the focus is on Kobe and by proxy his daughter is because there just hasn't been this air of super loss that has galvanized this country and really the world since Michael Jackson perished. And I would argue that Kobe's has hit harder than Mike's. And I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. Um, so let me get to the meat of this before y'all really get too upset or whatever. The reason that it is it, it, that all life is, does not have the same value to it is because all life doesn't have the same impact. The reason we talk about Kobe Bryant in the manner that has been talked about him and he has dominated the headlines in terms, if, if that's a thing in death, um, he's the he's the he's the name talked about is not because or just because he's a celebrity it's not just because he's a famous rich athlete it's because the impact this man has had across the world i am 38 years old i'll be 39 in june i grew up Watching Michael Jordan. 80s, 90s, watched him dominate. But while I was watching Mike, Mike was a grown man. When Kobe came on the scene, Kobe was 17 years old. Literally not much older than me. And so I watched him for 20 years do this thing that he was great at doing. 20 years of excellence. 20 years of, of just being that guy. I watched him evolve from a cocky and arrogant young boy to a responsible, caring, grown man who cared more about his family and more about others than he did about the game. That evolution and his willingness to be open and share it at a time when social media wasn't really a thing, so he didn't have to do it. He let us in, and the older he got, the more he let us in, and the more he would do, and he, he, he would bring young kids along, and there are kids right now playing basketball right now who have picked up a basketball because of Kobe Bryant. There are foundations he has started. There are academies he has done, not just for basketball. He has done and touched and inspired 
so many people across so many different genres, across so many different walks of life with the way he approached the game of basketball. This is the reason that he is talked about like that. He had a serious impact. And so as I was listening to all the coverage about him, and I was listening to everybody talk about him, and I was trying to put my finger on why this felt so big, it came to me the, a message I preached probably two years ago when I talked about growing your legacy and building your legend. Excuse me, growing your legend and building your legacy. And I talked about how your legend is what you do and your legacy is what you leave behind to go past you. And those things make an impact. Yes, I am quite positive that everybody on that helicopter had an impact in somebody's life. But it's not the same impact and doesn't have the same reach. The pilot had a family. And I'm positive that pilot affected and impacted his family. I'm positive of it. Kobe didn't really have people around him who didn't. So I'm positive he had an impact on his family and meant something to his family. And the loss of him has devastated his family. But if I hadn't told you, if Kobe wasn't on the, on the helicopter and I hadn't told you his name, most of y'all wouldn't know who he is. Because his impact was on small scale. Still impactful, but small scale. Kobe impacted a world. So much so, when I heard about it, my wife and I, we were coming out of Bad Boys 4, and it ruined... Three. I'm sorry. Why do I keep saying 4? It's the second time I've said 4 today. Um, we were coming out of Bad Boys 3, and it ruined our... It kind of ruined our day. We'd gone to see it. Um, it was an awesome movie, and I couldn't wait to get on Facebook and talk about how good this movie was. The review of this of Bad Boys was going to be a part of this podcast. We're going to review Bad Boys, Harriet, and, and Falling from Grace whenever we get a chance to see it. I was going to have those be part of it. We're going to talk about it and how good they were and the impact of things, and especially with Harriet, because Harriet's a phenomenal movie and all this other stuff. And as I'm on my way into the bathroom from, the, from walking out of the theater, but still in the movie or still in the building, went to the bathroom and I, and I went to pull out my phone because something said, check your phone. And I pulled out my phone, and my three closest friend, my three closest male friends, texted me. Paul, Mike, Russell, in succession. Paul and Mike are both in Columbus. Russell is in Alaquippa. So they had no way of knowing they were going to text. They, they were all texting me. All said the same thing. Oh my God, Kobe Bryant just died. And I looked at my phone while I'm trying to use the bathroom. I said, this can't be real. So I checked. Because we're in an era now where we like killing celebrities on, on the internet for just for kicks and giggles. Like that's funny. So I said, nah, this can't be real. This ain't right. And I looked and I saw the TMZ had reported it. And ABC had reported it. And all these reputable news sources had reported it. I said, oh my God. It is real. And so I walked out of the bathroom after using it. Yes, I used it. Washed my hands. Walked out the bathroom. 
And before I see my wife, I see this white guy standing next to him. And he is looking at his phone, and he has the same look on his face that I have on mine. And before I could even say it to my wife, I looked at him and said, yeah, it's real. And I turned to my wife and said, Kobe Bryant died. To know Philanda is to know she's not a huge sports fan. She likes the Bulls, kind of. And that's only because she's a Chicago native. When last time you watched the Bulls game? You ain't watched one last season either. I did. I went with you all year. You don't know me. She ain't watched no basketball game. She's <laughs> not a. <laughs> she's not a, a huge sports fan. She knows she's she knows about sports. She's not a huge sports fan. And I said to her, Kobe Bryant died. Her first statement was, "Oh no!" And she started checking. And the three of us just kept checking and checking. And another person walked out, which was a white guy's friend, and he looked up. He looked. Kobe Bryant's dead. And that person had the same look on their face. And we are all slow walking out of the theater, checking our phones, trying to see, is this real? That's the kind of impact he had. We're four people who don't, who two and two know each other, but all four together don't know each other. And they have no problem standing trying to see, is this event real? I don't know how much they knew about basketball. I'm a huge basketball fan. I don't know how much they knew about basketball. I know that I, I, I know the 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 extent of of my wife's knowledge of basketball. But this this man had such a great impact that it stopped everybody, and it felt like the world stopped. We could not stop talking about it and keep checking about it. I kept saying I can't look at social media no more because everybody's talking about it and pouring out about it as I'm driving home, but we couldn't help it. It just felt like this weight was all over the world. That's an impact. And so what it is that I want, the point that I want to get to in this is why aren't we looking to have this kind of an impact? I mean, really, why is it that everybody, believers, non-believers alike, but especially believers, why are we not looking to have this kind of an impact? Where your absence means something to so many, not because you're absent, but because you touch people's lives. When are we going to build our legend and leave that kind of legacy? In a prior podcast, my wife and I, we talked about legacy in a different context. We talked about leaving, being able to leave things for your children. And, and, and making sure you're a good steward over your stuff and things like that. But now I'm talking about leaving you behind after you go. What pieces of you will people remember? How long will they remember? How much will the fact that they can never get that piece from you again matter to them? 
when are we going to look to have an impact that great? This man in his passing, his unfortunate passing, answered tons of questions that people were asking and and pundits and sports were always debating. Who was the greatest Laker? That question's been answered. I heard Shaq say it. I heard Magic say it. All the other greats have said it now. He was the greatest Laker of all time. And it's proven by his impact, not just his on-the-court basketball impact. Yeah, five championships, a, a multiple-time finals MVP, and all those other things he has, the scoring titles, all that stuff he had on the court. But his complete and total impact in the earth. That legacy, the what he called the Mamba mentality, that legacy, to persevere, to push through, that legacy. When are we going to get our in our own minds that we want to leave that kind of legacy? It makes it hit home even more what my mother in the gospel, Nicole Carter, used to always say. There will never be another one of you. If you hold up your first finger and you look at it, you have a fingerprint that no one else will ever have. You are that unique and your DNA is that unique. If you ever drop blood and even if they find it thousands of years later, they'll know your presence has been there. But that's your physical. What about you? What's the impact you're making? What's the impact you're trying to leave? What's the impact on people, on things that you're going to have? Or are we content just existing? Are we content just being on social media And complaining about things that we probably could have the power to change if we put ourselves to. What's the impact? Why aren't we galvanizing ourselves? As a culture, as believers, as individuals. There is something that's just different. When a man like Kobe Bryant leaves the scene. And it's not just how he left the scene. It's the fact that he left the scene. My heart is heavy. And everybody that I've come in contact with. Even at work. Their hearts have been heavy. Monday was a real hard day. It just looked it for everybody in my department. My my team lead, who knows nothing about sports, knew the name Kobe Bryant. It was like, man, that's just sad. And I don't know why I'm sad, but I'm just sad. My boss, who's from Australia, man, that's just sad. I, I can't believe it. And that's not even to go into 
the legacy snuffed out. This 13-year-old daughter who just wanted to be like daddy, gone. A woman who has to bury her husband and her child on the same day. There's another child who has to bury her parents and her sibling same day. A husband having to figure out how to be a single father and bury his wife and be strong for his kids same day. This is impact, y'all. But when are we going to try to start having this kind of impact while we're alive? I would love to see that. And I say that because I started thinking. Dr. Miles Monroe passed a few years ago. When's the last time anybody thought about Dr. Miles Monroe not being here? Aside from his family. When's the last time you heard of the of his ministry that he was so he worked so diligently on, continuing and doing things, doing the work that he did, continuing the work he did. How much has he really missed? Daryl Coley, one of the all-time greatest worship leaders in the history of life, in my personal opinion. For y'all gospel fans, when the last time you thought about Daryl Coley? But I guarantee you, in 10 years, we'll still be thinking about Kobe Bryant. Just like what has been almost 10 years since Michael Jackson's died. Over 10 since it's 11. And yet, we still think about... Michael Jackson's still mentioned. He's still a vibrant, lively, lively part of life. Yet he's dead. This year will be 11. This year will be 11. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just looking to see when we're... Gonna have looking. Are we looking to have impact? What are we looking to do? This has been pressed on me. And I'm talking to myself too, but this has been pressed on me. Got anything you wanna jump in with? Because I've been talking for a long while. So, I, I I think like if we be really honest with ourselves and um. Give it a few more days, and I'm probably not the first person you're going to hear say this. Um, Well, I might be the first person you hear say this. But I think to answer your question is most average people don't want that weight. In the words of the street prophets, they don't want that smoke. Because at the same time that you have that kind of great impact, that is exactly when people look for you to fall. When you reach that kind of level of greatness, um, 
when you start to be that kind of role model, when you start, to, when you hit that kind of plateau, um, people also look for you to fall. Because if you take the average everyday person and put that person up in, especially with the most thing I've heard from like a lot of people who are mourning Kobe, I've heard like his work ethic was crazy. It was. It absolutely like, was. The whole story with the guy shooting rounds on the court before the game and Kobe was like minding his own business, but he heard that ball hit the court and the sound of that repetition was like, oh no, I'm not going to have you out here. When he told the guy, he was like, well, you're Kobe. You don't need to be out here. What are you doing out here? He was like, I'm not going to have you outwork me. Mm -hmm. Like to, for the simple fact that like his work ethic for all intents and purposes, up until his retirement, and I, I don't know the exact date of his retirement or how many years um, it's been since It's he been retired. about four years. Like, for all intents and purposes. So, this is the first time, like, his family has really had him as a father. He leaves behind three additional daughters um, who... The whole reason why he was taking the helicopter in the first place is so that he can maximize his daily his his time that he had with his family for the rest of the day after the practice. Like him building, aside from winning the Oscar Grammy, Oscar Oscar uh, for his documentary, aside from all of the other stuff that he has been doing outside of the whole Mamba camp basketball camp where he was taking his daughter and the other girls were going to including the coach that was on the plane I'm sorry helicopter uh aside from doing all of that he was really truly focused on being with his family like that's great that everybody else loved him all the fans loved him all the other people loved this is the first few years his family really get to have all of him. So whereas I recognize the greatness in, as in him, the GOAT, I really mourn the fact that there is a woman out there. Um, and for, from what I've heard, and I don't know his salvation life, but he was a believer. But there, So I can call her my sister because... I heard she was a believer. Um, there's a woman out there who, for the first time, was really out of their 19 years of marriage. She's had like four or five with just her husband. Not having to share her husband with the whole entire world. And they endured some hard stuff. We don't need mm -hmm. to bring up the woman incident. We need to bring all that up. But they and they endure. I don't think many of our marriages could have survived that, if we be really honest as women. Look, we'll take a lot, and there's some stuff we won't take. And some of y'all took this from a guy who can only provide McDonald's meal. But anyway, <laughs> um, but their marriage had to endure public scrutiny. Um, their children that will never go away, and that's the way I'm talking about. That one mistake will always be public knowledge for the baby they just had in September, who now has to go back and do research 
And trust me, for you people who do not realize that what you put out on social media will last longer than you, that you are building a legacy by what you let go out there in social media, someday somebody's going to be able to Google you and what they see there will be the only facts they will ever know. So be careful about what's out there. But that daughter, their last daughter, she will never have that relationship with her father. She will never know Kobe daddy. She will never know big sister Gianna. She will never know why she has such a passion for the game. She will never know that. And that weight, that weight right there, the same thing that made him great for 19 years of their marriage is actually what, why the, he worked so hard and was pressing so hard for his family in the first place because he couldn't be there. In the midst of him build, building his legacy, he couldn't be there. And I don't think a lot of people like think about that way. Like it's great that you have all these celebrities out there and all these people and these fame and these athletes and writers and broadcasters and all of this fame and all of this, and everybody else and they impact everybody else's life. But for the people who you go home to behind closed doors, what kind of impact are you leaving on them? Well, when I talk impact, I'm I'm encompassing that, especially when you talk about a man like Kobe. So mm. his daughter Gianna wanted to be like him mm. because he sought to be there. Mm. The videos of them just shooting around and playing, and mm. she's real young, shooting in heels, and uh, one day they're out and he's playing with no shoes on and. She, just to get some time with her, and she's doing his moves. And there's a there's video there of them at a basketball game, and he's talking to her, mm. and she's finishing his sentence. Mm. Of the oldest daughter, who's a volleyball player, who he spent as much time with her as he did Gianna. Mm. Like he was always trying to be there, right. and was always trying to have the same kind of hold, for lack of a better way to put it, on their lives and his wife's life as he did the world's life. This was a man unlike any other celebrity that or famous person that I can think of off the top of my head mm -hmm. that was really trying to have his arms and feet in both worlds to keep them mm -hmm. to have the impact on both mm -hmm. because he'd seen his idol like a Michael Jordan who was his idol have an impact on the world mm -hmm. but be a crap father and crap husband at home. Mm -hmm. He saw that and he was like I, I can't do that. He saw great fathers not not really have anything to offer outside of their household. It's not that the household is not important, mm. but at some point, our impact should reach outside of our homes mm. while also increasing the home. His level of impact, I personally believe, was on par both at home and in the world. Mm -hmm. But he worked to get that. He wanted that. He f pushed to make sure of that. 
And so when I'm talking, why aren't we looking to have that this impact? Now, I understand the weight argument of it. But I also look at, okay, so we don't want the weight now. Mm. But as believers, the weight's coming later. Mm. Because we're supposed to have an impact. I would rather stand before God and say, I attempted to have the impact you asked me to have. Mm -hmm. Then stand before God and say, weight was too great for me. I don't think I could do it. I didn't want it. So I didn't even try. Like I, I, For me, and I, I guess I'm a little bit different because when I think about the, the scripture that all things work together mm -hmm. and 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 I understand that we're all supposed to all go out and witness and all go out and preach the gospel. And all, all of us will be involved in increasing of his kingdom. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that that's all the time on a grand scale. Like, that's not all of our purpose. I disagree. And I disagree two, two ways. One, using that same scripture. Mm -hmm. And two, using another. Finishing out that scripture, all things work together. The caveat is... It works together for the good to them who love the Lord, to those called according to his purpose. Mm. In order to be called according to his purpose, part of that caveat is you have to try to work that purpose. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not negating. Oh. And so the, grand, the, the other scripture I'll use mm -hmm. is where Jesus dealt with the Great Commission. And I'm not just talking about with when I, even though the scripture is used concerning witnessing and things like that. Mm. I'm talking about whatever your purpose is in your life. Mm. Why aren't we looking to have major impact? It doesn't have to be globally, but major impact. Jesus said, go ye therefore and preach the gospel, right? Mm -hmm. But he said, do it to Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Mm -hmm. Those are three different types of growth of impact. He wants us to have in all three. Mm -hmm. And the way that people have looked at it and theologians have taught it Those aren't is, places? They are places, but they were specific types of places. So Judea was their neighborhood. That's where they grew up. That's the, the place that they were at, the place that they lived. They lived there. Mm -hmm. Samaria was everything surrounded around it. Mm -hmm. The uttermost parts of the world is the uttermost parts of the world. So the place of impact, excuse me, sorry, the place of impact we're supposed to have is in our homes, because mm -hmm. that's where we live and dwell, mm -hmm. around us, because mm -hmm. that's where we go, and further and beyond. Mm -hmm. Judea, Samaria, the other most parts of the world. Mm -hmm. That's how our impact is supposed to be. And a lot of us don't want to have the beginning impact or don't want to have the middle impact mm -hmm. and hardly ever work to have the greater impact. Mm -hmm. It should be on all three levels. Mm -hmm. No matter what you do. If you're a garbage man or a, a sanitation engineer, so I don't offend people who don't like the term garbage man. If, you're, if, that's, your, if that's your vocation... Mm -hmm. You still can have impact on all three levels. Mm -hmm. How that goes about, I don't know. But that's between you and God to give you the, the way to go about doing it. We as believers don't look to do that. We are comfortable and happy mm -hmm. having this small little bit of impact. Whether it be in our homes or in our church. Church got six members. We happy with that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yay. And those six members are about to die. And you ain't trying to have no other impact. You got a member who's been there for 38 years. Ain't helped nobody in the, who's already in the church. Ain't helped bring nobody to the church. But you glad because they faithful for 38 years. Mm. Where's the impact? Mm. Nothing about anything that God desires to do 
doesn't have impact. Even to the least of them, excuse me, if you think about the woman with the issue of blood, mm-hmm. what was her name? Nobody knows. But the impact she had, though. Mm-hmm. She let everybody know by just what she was doing mm-hmm. that if you just simply have faith, press through, persevere, and have faith, God will work it out. God will do something for you. Mm-hmm. Just by that small little bit she did. We don't know the name of the Good Samaritan, yet we reference him all the time. We don't really know the name of a lot of folks in the Bible, mm-hmm. but we utilize them. That's in, out, greater. We can have that greater impact, but we just, it feels like, I don't want to say that we don't, but it just feels like a lot of times we just don't care. We'll leave it to those who are already out there. Mm-hmm. And when they go off the scene, we're screwed for a long time. As a culture, quote unquote, black folks have been screwed for years since Dr. King died up until Barack Obama. And we had eight years of, we got something. Now he gone. He's not dead, but he ain't on the scene. And we just keep wishing for him and not trying to, trying to get that next that next impactful thing. Mm. The gap between Dr. King and Barack Obama, the gap between Malcolm X and Barack Obama is great. Who filled that? Mm. It, when Bishop Jakes goes off the scene, who's filling that? You've heard me say this before. Who's filling these holes by these great people trying to, who are having this kind of impact? Mm. Who was looking to have the next who was growing to have, who was pushing not even to have their impact, but just have impact so that when God calls them, there's no hole. Most churches that I have ever known, and you know I've been in church all my life, once people start dying off, the church dies because nobody looked to have that kind of impact. So we got to grow, we got to we got to bring people in. We've got to keep this thing going so that someone has our legacy and, and builds upon the legend and wants to keep moving. Mm. Had Kobe passed by himself, his daughter Gianna was going to go basketball type legacy. Mm. His oldest daughter was going to go in another sports realm type legacy. Mm. His youngest no, not the youngest, because that's the baby, the one who was born in June, but the one prior to her, just after Gianna, mm-hmm. she's a writer. Part of his legacy. I heard Richard Sherman talk about he watched Kobe uh, walk back on the court with a torn Achilles mm-hmm. to shoot two free throws, just so, just in case it wasn't as bad as he thought, he could get back in the game because basketball rules, if you get fouled mm-hmm. and you're unable to complete your free throws, mm-hmm. you're not allowed back in the game. Mm-hmm. So he walked back on the court because they had taken him off the court. Mm-hmm. He'd walk back on the court to shoot his two free throws and then go back and find out he had his Achilles ruptured. Mm-hmm. Richard Sher- it motivated Richard Sherman when he tore his to finish out the game. As crazy as that may seem, mm-hmm. but it motivated him to do that. Now he carries that same kind of legacy. There's the, uh, the young white girl, I forget the college that she's a part of, that Kobe just talking about her on his podcast and 
breaking down her game, motivated her to want to be better, not just on the court, but in everything she did. That kind of legacy, that kind of impact. When these great ones go, it's difficult and it's tough and it hurts, not only because they're gone, but their legacy seems to start burning out. It impressed me because I literally, you know, I, I have this conversation all the time. I literally started looking around and I'm looking at people younger than Jake's, older than me. Younger than Joyce Meyer, older than me. Younger than Rob Parsley, older than me. In that generation gap. Mm-hmm. Who? And then I look at my generation from the people I know. I know y'all. I don't know everybody. I know. I got that. But I still look and I'm like, who? 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 And this is going to sound arrogant, but who besides me is looking and striving to have this kind of impact where they have affected so many people's lives that even when they go off the scene, the work of what they've done gets continued because it's instilled in somebody. It's a heavy weight, but it's a worth it weight because that's our purpose. That's what we're called to do. And most other places I see it, except for with us. And the black community, I see it even less. And, and it troubles me. I can't put my finger on why it troubles me, but it troubles me. And it breaks my heart because this is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to have this kind of impact. We're supposed to make this kind of a difference. We're supposed to do this in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in the world. And yet, it doesn't feel like we're trying to do it. We're happy passing the buck off to someone else. We're happy allowing other people to do the work. Who are happy to allow other people to do the work. Mm -hmm. And we're failing at the most fundamental thing that we should desire. Have an impact. Make a difference. Make someone else's life better the way yours was made better by somebody else. And and maybe therein lies the problem. So like, for all intents and purposes, you take somebody like you. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so yes, you served up under some people, but for all intents and purposes, you're a whole lot of self-taught when it comes to this whole pastoring thing. Mm-hmm. You're a whole lot of self-taught. Mm-hmm. You've had some, some, you have mentors and men and women of God who you served under, and it's been a lot of observation, learning what to do, and so and, and quite a bit of what not to do. Mm-hmm. So that leaves you in the realm of self-taught. I think what had happened, and like church world isn't really my realm, 
but if you like look at uh, you take somebody like a Beyonce and a Whitney Houston mm-hmm. so you see a whole lot of Whitney's mess up and then you get somebody like Beyonce who is younger there's nobody in between those two and that's kind of a big age gap between Whitney and Beyonce in terms of their star power yes no I'm talking in about terms like of can we talk no I'm talking about like their impact like so you don't have so like when you talk about passing the legacy on so like um so Beyonce has her own record label mm-hmm. um she has Chloe and Haley are two of her big name artists like I don't really mm-hmm. know a lot of artists on her label but I know she has she saw Chloe and Haley on YouTube and she groomed them she's mentoring them and bringing mm-hmm. them along in the industry and learning the craft not only as uh as recording artists but the business aspect of it and even their whole acting thing like she has truly mentored them but like so Beyonce had her parents who were never at her level like um but you don't really have like that kind of there there's a gap there there's a whole generation like somewhere in there and so like you even like the whole conversation we were having in the car with Diddy and the the choking some sense into the baby Mm -hmm. like Diddy sees the potential in the baby and pulled him to have a conversation with him about his reputation. So it don't get to the point where he's somebody like XX. Uh, XX, XX, Tentacion. Wait, is he the dead one or the one Mm-mm. in jail? Who's the rap? The, the dead one's XXX, Tentacion. Um, Takashi 69. Takashi 69. So you take somebody who like that. For all intents and purposes, I ain't really listen to his music. Not my cup of tea. His old persona. Yeah. I don't really do this music, this new music. So not my cup of tea. I'm old. I can admit it. Um, but he was, he was, he, he has a fo- He had a following, like a massive growing following before all of his stupid behavior, um, and all the incidents of police and all of where the legend of you overshadows the work that you actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a part of the weight. Like, but if you take because your because your your work ethic can be great, but it only takes one or two mess ups for that to overshadow all the work that you do. Where that is true, um, if you take the Whitney example you were given, the gap between Whitney and Beyonce, mm-hmm. Whitney still tried to mentor people. Brandy and uh, uh, Monica. Yeah, she did albums, but now the the issue is they didn't excel to the greatness that Whitney had. But she still was making the attempt to pass on, to give the rub to, mm. to say, hey, I have the star power. If, I, if we collab on something, it'll mm. do something for me for the young audience, but it'll also do something for you because you're doing this with me. Mm. Brandy never got to that level. Monica never got to that level. Mm. They're in between Whitney and Beyonce. Okay. Who learned from. Mm. Who's the in-between in a lot of these other areas and, and and I think that they're doing a better job of that and I want to say it's these uh 
30-year-olds, like 20, late 20, 30-year-olds who are doing a better job of that. So you take like, and and you you would you would kind of fall in the category. I'm almost and, 40. You, no, I'm saying you would kind that's why I said you would kind of fall in the category. Um, but I, I think somewhere in my generation, we didn't realize there was a hole. Because I'm over 40. So somewhere in between the 50-year-olds and your generation, which I would be in there, there was there's hope. And unfortunately, it's not fillable because if you look at us, not many of us are making it. it really not. Kobe was 41. 40. Yes, 41, 42, yes. Yeah, because he's yeah two years younger than me. So he's 41. Like, you only have... And, and, and more and more, I'm starting to hear, like, like I was scrolling through my personal Facebook page, and I was like, wow, we're starting to go. Yeah. Like, and I'm only 43 years old. That's scary. But that's where my press is. That's what I'm saying. They're just like, but at this point, all you can do is, like, like I can't. I may be not able to shoot the winning shot, but I dang sure can pass it on to somebody else. I can pass the ball to somebody else. But that's and part I think of the impact. that's starting what to happen is. That's what I'm saying. It's not I don't my think I generation see. is doing it. I think it's like. I don't think I see my generation or the generation behind I, me. I don't doing think it. it's happening in the church. I think there are some people with the potential to do it. Uh, Jay Jordan, you, uh, Pastor. Lawrence. Oh, Pastor Lawrence uh, Shakur. Shakur. Um, mm-hmm. Some of these younger ministers, you get some of the Tasha Cobbs, um, who, um, aside from just being a gospel artist, is um, mentoring and ministering. Um, Bree Babineau, I don't know what her married name is, sorry. Uh, uh, I don't I think Willie Moore Jr. might be my age, might be your age. Mm, I I'm think he's sure. your age. Um, but you you you're starting to see like the peaks of it, but they still haven't. They they're not they're not there yet. But I I, I think that it can happen. It's just that there is a noticeable hole there. But that's where the press comes from because mm. there is that hole, because there is that that thing and because there's that whole here's what winds up happening mm. and we only got a few more minutes before we have to take a break um i preached a message years ago god shook me i'm gonna try and tell as quick as possible he shook me one day and woke me up mm. i kept saying joshua's dead joshua's dead For those of y'all that don't know my oldest brother's name is joshua so i freaked all the way out and i was like god what are you saying what are you saying what are you saying i got my phone get ready to call my mom and he said, no, turn to Joshua chapter 1. And in Joshua chapter 1, it outlines, after this, Moses, the servant of God, is dead. Begins to outline Moses being dead and passing it on to Joshua. Mm-hmm. God said to me then, this is 15 years ago, 20 years ago almost. Mm-hmm. He said, while my people have been trying to move, they missed an entire generation. 
They're in the Moses generation, still talking about the Joshua generation. But Joshua, my servant, is dead. I have now shifted into the Davidic kingship generation. And this is before there became this big uh, push and drive and strive to start talking about kingdom. Mm. He spoke it and I preached it. It was, that was fresh out of college just about. Mm. And, and he began to show me this gap. He showed me why it happened. Moses got to do what he did late. So he held on to it, didn't want to pass it on. So then by the time Joshua got to it, he got it late, held on to it, didn't want to pass it. Mm. The reason the gap is there, because people have held on and don't want to pass it. Mm. But what they're actually passing on is the hold on. I'm not going to pass it. And that stifles your impact. Mm. It means only people see you and nobody else. Mm. And so they don't know how to do. They don't learn how to do. They can't make an impact. You haven't inspired them you piss them off. Mm. And so they say, I'll either never do that mm. or I'll never do like that. And so they forsake every good thing you've done because of how you've held them down. Mm. This, the, the impact may start to be happening outside of the church, mm. but the hurt that I feel about it is because it's not happening in the church. Mm. And so, woo, we right up against it. So we going to, you want to come back with a little bit more of this or you want to go straight to the banner? What you want to do? What you think? No, no, I'm asking you. So, how much more you got in you? <laughs> this is a topic I could talk about all day, so you're asking the wrong person. Okay. So, go ahead and wrap this up and we'll come back with the banter. All right, then. Y'all heard it here. My executive producer has given me the directive. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Um, hopefully, this has started to push you to think about yourself and look at your own self and think about the impact you can start to have because we need to, especially as believers, we need to start looking at our impact so that our life becomes more valuable as a result of the people that we have touched. We're coming right back with Real Talk Banter, something we haven't done in a while and I got some good fun ones for you because I promise you I need a little lightheartedness in my life right now. Are you tired of church as usual? Are you looking for something different? Do you need a real, relevant word that's impactful and will reach you right where you're at? Then High Praise Ministries is the ministry for you. Come fellowship with us every Saturday at 1 p.m. here at 3466 Holcomb Bridge Road in Norcross, Georgia. Here at High Praise Ministries, we believe in bringing forth a real, raw, relevant word to reach you wherever you're at, no matter what you're going through. No judgment, no fuss. We'll have you in and out in an hour and a half of power-packed word and worship. So come, fellowship with us. Come see what the difference is all about. High Praise Ministries Next Level Service. We're the real raw church of purpose, and we are callers for your service. Hmm. And we back. We all feel released. <laughs> Just you. Uh, no, don't break you. You had to release yourself there. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I use the term released. No, I, I, no, that weight is still is still on me. That that, but it's it's, it's not going to go anywhere. It's it increases every year, and with every. A great one that passes 
It makes me think of the gap and what we're doing and or not doing um, to feel, not only fill the gap, but just make an impact. Like my earnest prayer has always been, God, allow me to have, a, excuse me, a tremendous impact in the earth, positive impact. And so, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, let's take a little light. We got some real talk banter for you. <laughs> let's try to lighten everything up and see how this goes. It's been a while since we've done real talk banter. I like the real talk banter. And I have an idea going forward. I may do something different that I heard about that uh, that's, uh, I think is a pretty good idea for the real, at least for the real talk banters. Um, I'll tell you about when we off air. Mm. Stuff I can't tell y'all, but if I start telling y'all, some of y'all listen, y'all start telling me, go ahead, do it, do it. I want to make sure that that is that's solid enough of an idea. So anyway, real talk banter. So got three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, may not go through all three. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, and one is just two. Well, we can do it one of two ways. I have a category for each. And they can either just be discussed in the category that that they're in or as a keep one. And once I tell you the category, then I'll have you decide if we go keep one or the category. So the first one, first category is better game. Should we just discuss it as better game or as a keep one? There's three, there's three options Let's for this go one. With that. Let's which go. Is better. Which is better? Okay. Uno versus Spades versus Monopoly. Which is the better game? Um, for me, it would be Uno. Why Uno? Um, Uno, Uno has longevity. Like, I've played Uno from high school... Uh, up until current, um, and I've been out of high school over 20 years. Um, so yeah, I can back, I can remember back far. I think I learned how to play Uno my freshman year of high school. Um, and it's without all the technicalities of spades and other people's Mm. versions of playing spades. Well, there's a ton of other versions of of Uno, too, yeah. Keep with the basics. There are there's like some basic rules where spades. First of all, you can't play Uno with. You can play Uno with everybody. Okay. Um, any race, any culture, any age group. Okay. Um, you can't do that with spades. I I I tried once <laughs> with someone of um, of not my cultural persuasion. <laughs> And that did not fare well at all. I was getting frustrated. Keep trying to explain it to them. Um, and it, I, yeah, yeah, it just did not have the same impact. Um, I have never taught Ashley how to play Spades. I've taught her how to play Uno. I've never seen her play Uno. She don't like play games. Um... We used to play Uno when we when she was younger. Gotcha. 
Um, but yeah. Yeah, so it, 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 I think, I think Uno has the most longevity of it. Monopoly, as an adult, um, I guess it's all in who you play it with. Okay. Um, but as an adult, meh. Uh, I prefer my spades with older people. <laughs> I do. I haven't met too many young people that I wanted to play spades with. Um, and spades is more funnier to me and more entertaining when they're like 44, my age plus. Okay. Like the older they get, the more relentless they get about some spades. When we get from the spades to the bidwisk transformation. I've never played bidwisk. I have. I had, and they were all over 50 who I played Bidwisk with. I actually couldn't tell. If I walked past somebody playing Bidwisk right now, mm. I wouldn't know they're playing Bidwisk. Yeah, and there's another culturally um, exclusive game. <laughs> um, I tried to play Bones Dominoes um, <laughs> with some people outside of the culture, and it mm. just didn't. I, with Latino people, yes. Um, outside of that, yee! never played dominoes. Uh, uh, None of that uh, domino didn't interest me. Um, dominoes to me was a just a boring way of playing jacks, which was already boring. Which was a boring way of playing marbles, which was also already boring. Never played any of them games. Okay, never played jacks and marbles. Well, no, I take that back. I had uh, someone teach me, tried to teach me how to play Jackson Elementary School, and I was like, "Yeah, nope, don't have the um, capacity for that." I played Jacks twice, hated it, took the ball, and I started playing off the wall. For those of y'all who are West, or excuse me, East Coast, Western Pennsylvania people, you know what off the wall is. Off the wall is a game where you play with the ball, you throw the ball off the wall, mm-hmm. but you have other people playing with you. So the object is throw the ball off the wall, and Everybody goes to grab the catch as it bounces back. Mm. If you touch it, but don't hold on to it, like you fumble it or whatever, mm-hmm. you have to run and touch the wall before somebody else can pick the ball up and beam it at you. That's way too complex for me right there. No, just hand out coordination. But if you don't touch that ball, mm. or, or you or you misgrab it, mm. dart towards the wall before somebody else can get that ball and beam, and we would beam. And if you uh, whined about it or somebody called you like you were like you fumbled it and got it, mm-hmm. or you fumbled it and somebody grabbed it before it hit the ground, mm-hmm. you had to stand on the wall, and they got a free shot at you. Mm. No balls, no head. But it was off, yeah, awful. Um, that's what I turned Jacks into I, every time I played. So I stole a little smaller red ball. Hated marbles. I like I like just watching the, the just holding the marbles. They, the wall was looking pretty and. I throw them places and just watch them spin in the sunlight. Hated marbles. Dominoes was the exact same to me, only it was even more boring because nothing I could turn it into. Gotcha. Um, for me, I agree with Uno. However, I love spades. Um, mostly because I like saying renigger. Um, it's fun. Pastor Jay Jordan is a renigger. His wife will never let him rel- relive down his reniggering. He reneged, so he's a renigger. Um, just love saying that word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't, but I do. 
Um, and so I love Uno because I am phenomenal at Uno. I'm okay at spades. I'm good at Monopoly. I am an Uno master. I rarely lose at Uno, as my wife can attest, because I beat her tail all the time. Mm-hmm. I Chris Brown her with Uno. I do. I do. But just with the cards, though. Just with the cards. Love Uno. Just um, remember, y'all all heard that. <laughs> I hate uh I hate all the new versions though. They irritate me. Oh, there I have oh oh except for one. There's one I want to play, but you can't play it because you don't drink. But other than that, <laughs> I have to find people who I can play that. But other than that, I'm like, eh, just stick with the basics. Speaking of that though, I have some great memories of Uno because I used to play strip Uno all the time. Hopefully mom, you're not listening. But I used to play strip Uno all the time. Um, it was, yeah, it was fun. So I love Uno. And I should better play it when it's sad happening. I, last time we played that, I beat you. We played once. And I won. Which was the last time we played it. I, was, I am a phenomenal I was trying to lose Uno player. Win. We should leave that alone. <laughs> a version of the podcast that we don't want Layla every year. Hey, well, you know, hey, hey, maybe she'll learn some tricks. Anyhow, mm-hmm. so let's move on to the next one. Next one is uh, Better Show. Mm-hmm. We can either talk about it as a better show or we can do a keep one. Both of those will be fascinating because it's going to get tough. Okay. Either way. Doesn't matter. No, oh, you got to pick one. Um, let's just go with Better Show. Better Show? All right. We're going to talk about it as a better show. And the categories are The Chappelle Show, mm-hmm. Key and Peele, mm-hmm. In Living Color, mm-hmm. or SNL, Saturday Night Live. What is the better show? Uh, Key and Peele, Saturday Night Live, In Living Color. And The Chappelle Show. And The Chappelle Show. Well, okay, so... Two of them automatically, I cannot say. I actually only watched like one, maybe two episodes of Can Peel. That just didn't do anything for me. A. A. Ron? Who? A. A. Ron. So there's a sketch in 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 Can Peel. That's how you can tell I ain't watch it. <laughs> there's a you have you have to see it. I'll, I'll show it to you later. But I'll tell it to you now. I'll show it to you later. You have to see it. It's a hilarious sketch. It's a it's a substitute teacher who comes into class, right? Mm-hmm. And he's doing roll call. And oh, he's screwing up everybody's name. Yeah. Yes, and the last name he screws up is Aaron. He keeps calling him Aaron. And he gets, it is freaking hilarious. Oh. Then there's Angry Obama. Like, I didn't watch a whole lot of Key and Peel, but I know some of their better sketches. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it just never, it just never clicked for me. Okay. Uh, Saturday Night Live, to be honest with you, I really watch mostly for celebrity guest hosts mm-hmm. certain celebrity guest hosts and musical guest hosts like i the last episode i actually watched because of the celebrity guest host um was eddie murphy same same um before that uh i think i watched i watched the night dave Chappelle was on and i specifically watched it for cardi b Mm-hmm. Not, not the same episode. In the, I'm talking about the episode before that was was when Cardi B was pregnant. So that's mm-hmm. over. 
that's over a year now because her baby's over a year. Uh, and I, I watched it because I wanted to see Cardi B perform. And that was a legendary night because that's when she announced her pregnancy. Um, but other than that, I remember some of the old Saturday Night Live, the Jim Belushi, the Eddie mm-hmm. Murphy. Oh, that's super old, yeah. Yeah, the Gilda Radner. <laughs> like, you reached back for that name. Yeah, like I would get up and watch it in the middle of the night because one, I didn't think I had no business watching it. Like they were at any moment going to do something that was completely adult and I had no business watching it. So I want to watch it because I ain't got no business watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Eddie Murphy with the buckwheat and the Gumby. Loved Gumby. Loved Gumby. Angry Gumby because Gumby was my cartoon back then. So I like <laughs> angry version of Gumby that sounded like he was cussing. Because um, I was a kid. What else are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so other than that, I'm like, Saturday Night Live. I mean, I understand it makes legends. It can make legends. I don't know about this generation, but it can make legends. Um, and it has the history and longevity, but eh. okay, so that leaves in Living Color and Dave Chappelle. Um, I have seen all of In Living Color. Mm-hmm. All of it. I could watch more in Living Color. To- Hated it. <laughs> I can still watch me some in Living Color. And mm-hmm. I, so that's why I'm struggling. It's a toss up. And I. Part of me would, would say Dave Chappelle only because I don't want my black card revoked. Uh, you can't, I don't think you can get your black card revoked talking about Living Color because Living Color was no. made by black folks. No, no, Duh. no. I'm talking about because I don't want Dave Chappelle. Uh. <laughs> like, don't get me... Like, Dave Chappelle, like, they, especially in this co- political climate, this mm-hmm. this culture, there can be no Dave Chappelle. They, like, he don't care. He, he's no. He, I mean, no. Like a, a new starter. Actual like, an, unless it was Netflix <laughs> or Hulu or one of these, we own our content. You can't tell us nothing. Streaming services. There's no network bringing back the Chappelle. There's show. no network that's going to bring back a living color and it's a and and, and it's, it's all its entirety. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, like the watered down version of a living color was Mad TV. <laughs> no, the watered down version of the color is Saturday Night Live. Mad TV was edgy for the for its time. Right, it wasn't as edgy as in Living it's Color. Co- that's what I'm saying. It's but it was wasn't the same. It really was edgy for what it was doing. Version. Um, but yeah, so Dave Chappelle can never come back. Um, but the whole. I will never, ever, ever forget the whole thing with Charlie Murphy and Prince on the basketball. <laughs> like, to know that I I am a huge fan of Prince, like, I thought that I was going to have his little midget baby um, at one point because I was young and a teenager. And You, you can't say the M word, you're going to get it shut down. Huh? You said the M word. You're not allowed to say the M word. You're going to get a shut down. Oh, I'm sorry. Vertically <laughs> um, challenged people. Uh, um, height abled. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I had a thing for Prince. I, I think most people my age back in the 80s Especially when you're a teenage girl and you you ain't know why yet, but you knew if 
especially if you're my kind of girl, then you knew there was something different about Prince. You want a piece of that. But anyway. <laughs> Y'all see what I deal with on a daily basis? Sorry, sorry. Um, he knew what he was marrying. He specifically married me for it. Anyway. Uh, he didn't... All of my anointing wasn't what was glowing. <laughs> I had it glowing. Oh. Uh, anyway. Handsome, sorry. Mm -hmm. Uh, okay. But yeah, so uh, Dave Chappelle, so many crackhead, the whole crackhead thing. I just loved it. It's so inappropriate. I just loved it. But I, I, I cannot like. There would have been no um, all of Mar Marlon Wayne stuff because. They he they needed in living color to project him mm -hmm. into where he is and um, what got him out of his shell? It did, it did. We wouldn't have white girls. Um, that movie is iconic. Right. Start singing that song. Get stuck in your head. It's like a song that never is. Don't do it. Don't do it. J Lo. Yeah. Yeah. We still, we needed the J-Lo. We did not need the J-Lo. We needed that green dress in our lives. We did not need J-Lo. There's no, just no We wouldn't have got the Selena movie. That's it. Another movie we could have done without. We did not. No, 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 no. We did not need J-Lo. I didn't know that much about her as an artist until she passed away. And J-Lo's portrayal of her... And the documentary I watched we following... Did, we could have found that. another Latina to play. We did no. not need a J... No, we did not, we did not need J-Lo at any point in anyway. time ever in the history of a life. And Jim Carrey and all of his incarnations from Fire Marshal Bill to this weird, morbid, more woke than most black people, Jim Carrey. <laughs> I still love Jim Carrey. All the, everything that the Wans has done, and that, that helped them to build their legacy. Like mm -hmm. this is a family thing for real, for real. From Kenan all the way down to the young, prospering comedian Shantae. Like this, this is that this had to happen. Like the, mm -hmm. it had to happen. And I can still watch me some Mad TV. I'm mean, not Mad TV. And Living Color to this day. And I know it's culturally inappropriate, a whole bunch of this stuff. But homie don't play that. <laughs> and I I need this. So for me, it would have to be in Living Color. I struggled with this when I made this list. I made this list partially because of what I heard on Versus. So mm -hmm. on Versus, they dealt with Chappelle Show versus Keaton Peel. I said, I could take that, but I need to flip it. Mm -hmm. I need to make this more difficult. Because mm -hmm. Keaton Peel is funny mm -hmm. but not funny to be left alone against the Chappelle show mm -mm. so I was like okay I need to really make this difficult Saturday Night Live is iconic mm -hmm. like it. I watch I barely watch it but what I do I've more watched it for the weekend update now love weekend update they're hilarious um, but that's been a consistent part of Saturday Night Live forever Love so I love those things. Some skits are hit or miss. I watch for the for the celebs that come on to host, depending on who it is, mm -hmm. because they'll probably be funny in the roles they portray. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can't pick Saturday Night Live because it is more dependent on who comes to the show 
than who's a regular. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still, I'm with you. I'm down with to Chappelle versus In Living Color. Fire Marshal Bill. Love Fire Marshal Bill. Handyman. Never underestimate the power under handicap. Mm. Loved, loved handyman. The first handicapped superhero. I know y'all want to say uh, uh, whatever the politically correct term is now, but he said handicap, and it was wonderful. Um, love. I mean, there was very rarely a time where I watched In Living Color where I wasn't just cracking up. You can do what you want to do in Living Color. They brought to us on the uh, on the main stage, one of my favorite comics of all time, Mr. Jamie Foxx, one of the most versatile comics in the yes. history of life. There could be no Jamie without, and I cannot live without early Wanda. Jamie. Early Jamie. Oh my goodness, you rock my world. Oh my goodness, I love one. But one of my favorite skits with Jamie is one that most people don't think about, but it hit me because I was I was a fan. Of his comedy and him as a musician. Mm-hmm. And so him and Tommy Davidson did Casey and JoJo lately. They I did. love that to oh, this day. Oh, I forgot. I'm going to have to watch that now. Lily, I exchange And they did the whole song. And Tommy was hilarious. Because they all took away. They took away. I loved it. One of my ah, oh, one of my favorite skits of theirs, of the entirety of the show, was that one. And it closed it out. They just let them have a blast doing it. They gave a concert, and Tommy was legit trying to sing with Jamie, mm-hmm. and it was hilarious. Loved in living color. Loved homie don't play that. Me and my brother Melvin, we would always put stuff in socks and hit each other and say, homie don't play that. That's it was right. just what we did. It was wonderful. You do that in school and try not to get detention for it. It's wonderful. Say all kinds of stuff that you couldn't say. Mm-hmm. It's raining, man. Hanging two snaps up. A twist. A kiss. Don't touch this. Loved men on film. Loved. 90% of the skits that they did. Mm-hmm. But I still have to go Chappelle show. Okay. Uh, firstly, because In Living Color was, was around long enough that it started to decline. The As you get through the later seasons, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe it's the way I'm looking at it, but I promise you, I can see the burnout on Keenan's face from fighting with execs about what content he can put on television or not. Yeah. And, and I could see the watered-downness of the programming and how no they were no longer having fun. Jim Carrey was gone, and, and uh, uh, Damon was gone, and uh, uh, excuse me, Sean went from being a DJ, SW1, to jumping down and trying to fill the gap in, and mm-hmm. Marla was trying to be extra, and there was no more competition between Damon and Jim Carrey so Jim Carrey was gone and Mm -hmm. Jamie Foxx had left and so it just he was trying to bring up a new crop but it was just not working it wasn't and Chappelle's show was around just long enough to never decline Mm -hmm. around just long enough get 
people still want the Chappelle show to, to this day mm-hmm. because he left out on top. Mm-hmm. He started off with Clayton Bixby, the black white supremacist. That was his opening sketch for his first show. Mm-hmm. You talk about you can still watch Living Color, which I still can as well. I can still watch every episode of Dave, Dave Chappelle show mm-hmm. to this day. Chappelle show, Chappelle show. Better not bring your kids. Love the Chappelle show. Loved every skit he did. Loved, loved the, uh, 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 the, the, the stories with the late great uh, uh, Charlie, Charlie Murphy, Murphy. Yeah. talking about <laughs> to, to having, having pancake breakfast with Prince and then him playing basketball in his heels. I loved him talking about Rick James. Rick James, I won't say it, but he mm-hmm. loved that whole, the whole, the whole bang of it. One of my favorite, however, wasn't really even a skit. It was when Dave Chappelle really was feeling himself and decided, I want to bring some musicians on too because I want music. And yeah. he had a ride, he was riding in the car with, at the time he was calling, he changed his name now, with Most Deaf. Yeah. And Most Deaf just freestyle was just one of, and I'm not a huge hip hop head, but that was one of the hottest things I had ever seen at the time. I still kind of hear it in my head now. It's <laughs> just, it was just magnetic. And what Chappelle did and how he just didn't care. He stood on the stage of his own show and said, I'm uncomfortable with you white people laughing at my black jokes. And then proceeded to show more black jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, it is it just that iconic. So to me, the better show is the Chappelle show. Hands down. I know a living color made more, more made more stars. Mm-hmm. But as an impact, since this has been an episode about impact, thinking living color, I'm sorry, I think the Chappelle show had more of an impact. Like, I still hear call outs for the Chappelle show. Mm. I don't still hear calls for in Living Color unless we see the character or the cast of a Living Color together. Enough enough Wayne's together or Jim Carrey talking with Jamie Foxx. Mm. Then it starts rolling up. Chappelle took what two, three, five years off comedy mm. and we never stopped calling for the Chappelle show. He's back doing stand up and people are still saying, Hey, but about that Chappelle show though. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah, so for me, Chappelle show. All right, we got one more. We got to do this last one. We got to. Only because I'm looking at it and I'm looking at what the categories are on it and I know what I'm going to pick. Mm. And I'm going to pick this one. We're just going to go ahead and do the worst activity. I'm not going to say keep one. What is the worst activity? It's the worst activity. So here are your choices for worst activity. Mm-hmm. All of which I know you hate. Mm-hmm. Driving or being in rush hour traffic. Mm-hmm. Getting up for going to and being at work. First shift, our shift. Mm-hmm. Listening to a dry service or being in a dry church mm-hmm. or bad sex. Mm. What is the worst activity? Mm. <laughs> like, I, I have never thought, I've lived in Chicago, I have. Worked at ODOT and rode the roads of Ohio, all of Columbus. And I have never experienced traffic like the foolery that goes on down here in Atlanta. I don't know why it takes so much to coordinate for people to get from point A to B. Insurance, I'm going to open up my own insurance company down here for all these people who keep getting into accidents. 
this traffic down here is absolutely ridiculous for like no reason whatsoever. <laughs> um, All facts. So yes, that is a very horrible activity. I can I can live with going to work. Um, it's it's a necessary evil. It's like voting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to do it. Please go out and do it. Um, you just got to do it. Like to not vote is even worse than voting for some some evil. And I that don't mean vote for Trump. I mean just the evil you can tolerate. Um. <laughs> uh, so work work doesn't bother me. Uh, what what was the other one? Uh, listening to a dry service or being in a dry church. And for the caveat, you can't leave till it's over. Oh, well, I have... Or go to sleep. No, no, you have to listen to the service. So your phone don't work. Your, all your distractions don't work. You have to listen to the dry oh, message and no, be in a dry I've church. I've been in many. Since being with you, I have had... <laughs> so you say that I have dry service? Please clarify that for the folder. No, I, no, not I you. have dry service. Since I have been with you, since the nine years that we have been together... We have been in a lot of church services, and I have been in some. If I had to switch places with those three young men in that furnace, <laughs> Shadrach, I would uh, would have been uh, a bad Negro. Um, that was the goat. I know. <laughs> I I I switch places. I switch. I'd have been in some that I have been so um, WTF. That I would have switched places with Daniel and the Lions then at that point. <laughs> um, I would have sat right in there with the Lions. Like, whew, at least we not in that service. Because I don't know what was happening there. I've, I've been in some services. And yet, I will still endure some of those. Because I'm probably not done yet. I'm not <laughs> dead. I'm not done with church. I have not become an atheist. Unfortunately, I will inquire and encounter some more horrible church services what i will never do is these whole day of that kind of torture because no i will walk out to a service just know at any moment i will baptist church finger it right on up out the back of your church and if your front door is at the front near the altar well this is going to be on you and i'm very polite about it I sure will, and right on up out of your service and come back when I hear the altar call. Um, <laughs> but I ain't got to endure all of this. I ain't got to do it. I ain't got it to do. Um, but for me, if this wasn't my husband's podcast and this was strictly my <laughs> podcast and I have no problem with sharing my life stories. What I cannot and hate, hate above all of these other torturous things is some bad sex. <laughs> As I stack them up like I'm from the south side of Chicago. <laughs> oh, I've had some bad sex. Oh, it is, it is. I'm glad that I'm older now and some of it I could look back on and laugh at because it was so horrible. And I have stories right now pinging in my head that I can just not tell right now 
And maybe one day I will. <laughs> Actually, I started to write a book about all of my escapades uh, when I was younger. Uh, and then I was like, it just, it got really, actually, I have the rough draft of it. And it got really long um, in my um, uh, Free Women's Sexuality Chronicles. That sound better than God to but yeah, I've, I've had some bad, I've had some so bad, I've had some so bad that I lied to the guy and told him I cheated on him so he could break up with me. Because <laughs> I felt he was such a nice guy and I will not mention his name. He was such a nice, like a sweet guy, like marriage potential, but the D was so terrible that I faked cheating on him just so he would dump me and he actually was going to forgive me and I just had to explode <laughs> because there's no way I could have had that for the rest of my if y'all could see no. all the mannerisms and the facial expressions <laughs> she's making right now I feel like Jennifer Hudson no 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 I'm not giving with this D <laughs> There was no way I would, I was, I couldn't go a minute longer. It was so bad. It was just bad. Like, I, I wanted to be a better person back then, but I was not. <laughs> I even to the point where he kept badgering me after he broke up with me. And I was like, look, dude, it's so bad that I faked it cheating on you. He was like, what? And I told him what I did. He was like, that's just evil. You're an evil person. Yes. Yes, I am. And this is why you need to move on. <laughs> I've had some so bad that I was praying that eventually he'd just find a nice Caucasian woman and marry her. So no sister would ever have to endure that. What I endured with him. <laughs> that is my pet peeve. That is my pet peeve. For any of my exes who are listening, know that at any moment that you thought that I may have cheated on you, I probably did. And it was because of lackluster sex. It was just not. I'm glad that I have grown and matured. Because <laughs> me, between the time I lost my virginity at 19... 18 <laughs> and meeting my husband and acting like an adult <laughs> just that is that was my number one you could cheat on me but if you brought some bad d to the table ah <laughs> ah I hate that more, worse than I heard meetings about meetings and I hate meetings at work that's the one I forgot to put in here. Meetings. <laughs> Just unnecessary, stupid meetings. I hate meetings. I hate meetings where people discuss to have a meeting. I hate church meetings. I hate frivolous <laughs> meetings. I do. I hate it. Come in. Have your points of discussion or educational teaching. <laughs> get it over with. Do not hold me hostage in a meeting. But meetings and bad D probably run... Parallel. Whew. 
you should not have brought this up. There are some people out there that are going to give me side eye after this. <laughs> that's not that's not the first problem to me. And some chicks who might give me a plug. Yes. It's not the first problem to me. Because as far as I'm concerned, since I got the ring on my finger, I ain't never had none bad for you. Shut up. I, that's all that matters. And so, because it's still here, I got the ring. I don't care. So shut up. Anyway. <laughs> Say like none of that pertain to me, so I'm allowed to laugh at it. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> Was that terrible Tuesday? <laughs> mm, never happened. Yeah, so it was uh, uh, Monday only happened. Monday only. Oh night. yeah. Monday only happened. So that's uh, <laughs> what I thought. So you see, I told you how to shut her up. Yeah. Uh huh. So for me, um, as a driver, I hate rush hour traffic. Yeah, he does. I'm not holy in rush hour traffic. Y'all pray for me. He's not done. He's not done with me yet. Yeah, yeah. Hate rush hour traffic. They can never be carpooling with pastor in rush hour traffic. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. You'll never look at me the same way ever again. Hate. Hate the dumb decisions and the. Dumb foolery that goes on and the idiocy of people not knowing how to merge. It's really simple. I go, you go, I go, you. Real simple. And if we all just do that at the same rate of speed that the speed limit tells us to do, we won't have these problems and these unnecessary accidents. Stay out of my butt. I can't go any faster. The car is in front of me going the same rate of speed. I hate. Rush hour traffic. Just so y'all know, in the middle of that, a fruity paper slid across the table in front of him. That's how much power <laughs> came out with that. Hate rush hour traffic. As a person who does not feel called to work for other people, I've always had an entrepreneurial type mentality. I hate going to work, being at work. Because being at work, my day drags. I get home from work and the day flies by. I go to work and the day is forever long. Nine hours pass and it's really only been 10 minutes. I've completed 45 projects and it's been a half an hour. And it doesn't matter the job. I've worked all kinds of jobs. If you ever see my resume, I'm a jack of all trades. I've been in retail. I've been in finance. I've been in banking. I've been in law. I've been in customer service. I've been in call centers. I'm now working for a, a, a medical records facility. I have done a ton of stuff. I've worked for the government on all kinds of different levels. I have worked one floor under the governor. All kinds of different levels. And I always hate work. I hate it. I hate it. I hate punching a little stupid clock. I hate asking for permission to not come into work. I hate it. Hate, hate it. And as a result, I almost hate you. True story. As administer the gospel of Jesus Christ. As a worshiper, few things in life are worse than bad 
dry service. Because bad dry service applies bad dry worship. And unlike my boy, Pastor Jay Jordan, Pastor Boom Pow Pow, I can't find humor in bad worship, in your horrible singing voice, in your choirs, in your praise and worship teams, not knowing the freaking words of the freaking song as so you have freaking papers in front of you and you're mouthing words and don't know how to do the doggone song. I hate it. I hate you little stupid black preachers who feel you have to hoop every 30 seconds about nothing. And God said, I had to get up out my bed and comb my hair because God was getting ready to have me walk to my car and go to work. Nigga, I'm sorry. Person of God, that's unnecessary. I hate all of your scriptorial cliches that you have panned together and used everyone to make a message rather than having any substance because no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And don't you know that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard and neither have entered into the hearts of men the good things that God has given unto us and all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose and life and death is in the power of your tongue and they that level will eat the fruit thereof and don't you know when you take two steps, you take one step, God takes two steps and don't you know that cleanliness is next to godliness and don't you know that sometimes I hurt some Sometimes I cry. If you prick me, do I not bleed? Shut up. <laughs> I hate your service. I hate your church. Your church is dying. And you should too. I know that's not very Christian-like of me. But it's how I feel. However, for the short time that it lasts, Nothing is worse than bad sex. As a man, it's harder to have bad sex. Because you would think as a man, you bust every time you're guaranteed. I faked it. On multiple occasions. I have faked it because it was so bad. With me? I have, oh, ah, ah, Terrible. Faked it. Let me see the condom. No, 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 you don't see it. Oh, bad head. Dry stuff. And no, it is not always the man's fault that stuff is dry. You could just say you ain't in the mood. Rather than sandpapering my stuff all the trying to make a forest fire out of here. What the heck is wrong with you? Few things are worse. I've walked away chafed and hurting. Not because it was good, but because I had to punt pump harder and faster than ever I had in life in order to be able to get out a speck of semen so I could stop this crap. That's why I learned to start faking it, go in the bathroom and finish myself because you suck. You suck and your stuff needs deliverance. This is real talk, by the way, so if you can't handle this, you got the wrong station. You suck and your stuff needs deliverance. Maybe if you took your stuff out of that dry service, at a dry church, because you got some dry stuff, maybe God would wet you up and anoint you with some moisture of, of, from heaven. 
Maybe it would melodies from heaven. Rain in your stuff. Rain in your stuff. Say melodies, melodies from heaven. Rain in your stuff. Rain in your stuff. Make it wet so I can pump in peace and have good sex and have good sex. Maybe your stuff is deceased and should be buried. Be buried. Nothing is worse than bad sex. Nothing. 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 Except for going to hell. Nothing. I would rather have a meeting. I don't be stuck in all kinds of meetings. Meetings about meetings about meetings about meetings. Because I can take the meeting off track. And make us talk about all kinds of things. That have nothing to do with the meeting. And have fun for myself. I could deal with a bad church service. Because at least I know the anointing still resides on me. I could deal with bad rush hour traffic because at least I get to cuss the other drivers out. I can deal with going to work because I get a paycheck, but with bad sex, there is no payoff. There's nothing for me. So, in conclusion, my wife and I are on one accord. You people out there passing out bad sex, you need to get saved, delivered, set free. You need, you need to be delivered. I don't know what just happened. We had some all kinds of crap happen. It felt like the thing just kind of stopped. And so I had to stop for a second. I don't know what the heck just happened. But that's my cue to go ahead and stop this segment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you all need to be delivered. If you pass now bad vagine and bad peen, you need to stop it. Go get counseling. Go find a sex therapist. Or just masturbate and never, ever come in contact with someone of the opposite sex again. So, we hope you have enjoyed this episode of Real Talk. As we have concluded on a very dark note. <laughs> Your bad sex has had impact on people's lives and it shouldn't. Um... We hope that you've enjoyed it. We have we try to be light and have fun and even when we have some serious topics to talk about it, whatever. But this is what we do. Um I'm still a little inconsistent with the episodes and so I do apologize. But for this real talk banter, I'm gonna do two things. One, this is gonna go on, of course it's gonna go on uh the episode itself. But as a special, I'm going to also just simply post this real talk banter as its own. I find this one hilarious. I think it needs to get out there even more. <laughs> um, I got some other ideas that will be coming soon for how we're going to take Real Talk to a whole other level in a whole different direction. So stay tuned. Keep supporting. I hope that you would. Um, please keep us in mind as not only do we do Real Talk, but we are also ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, despite how this last segment sounded. Uh, and this Thursday... Uh, the Queen, Minister Falanda, will be teaching uh, Bible study, the fourth episode, or excuse me, the fourth part of the How to Hear from God series. She'll be reteaching that and bringing that to us for our Back to Basics Bible study, um, available exclusively on the High Praise Ministries Facebook page. 
Also, feel free to stop on by, especially if you are in the Atlanta area, to High Praise Ministries Next Level Service. We are there every Saturday at 1 p.m., 3466 Holcomb Bridge Road, Norcross, Georgia, 30092, I believe is the zip code. Stop on by. We'd love to hear from you. If you would like to support us, there's a couple ways you can do so. You can do so by becoming a subscriber. We need subscriptions. We would love to have some, some subscriptions to be able to support the podcast and continuing to do what we do. Please also help us get some more listeners. Like this podcast. Share this podcast. Encourage your peoples to listen to this podcast. Let's get the viewership up, the, excuse me, the listenership up so we can do some more stuff with it. Otherwise, we may lose it. I'm just going to be real with you. Um, this takes a lot to really uh, do what we do. It may not sound like it, but it really takes a lot to do this. And so we need some support. All right. I'm not going to go through the rest of our announcements because I really just don't feel like it. I'm a little hungry and a little tired. So as I say at the end of every service, I'll actually say here. Right now, I'm out of time, but not out of word. And until we meet again, I encourage you, switch it up to always keep it real. This has been the Real Talk Podcast. Thank you for listening. This is Real Talk. Real Talk Radio. This is Real Talk. High Praise Ministries presents Real Talk. Real Talk. This is Real Talk. Real Talk Radio. This is Real Talk. High Praise Ministries presents Real Talk. Real Talk. Real Talk.